Good afternoon, this is Pamela, and you are listening to Watchmen on the Pod. Oh boy, today is a day. Um, we are going to start a new book. Yes, I do have other books in the process that I am reading, and I'm just putting this along in the mix because I believe that it is very important, and we are to expose false doctrine. Um, I don't want anyone to think that I'm picking on the Catholic Church or the Jesuits and that I am um, a respecter of people. I am not. I am not. Um, my concern is the false doctrine that has been taught, that has been indoctrinated in people that needs to have light shed upon it. That is why that I do what I do. Do I think I'm better than anyone else? Absolutely not. We are all sinners, every one of us. And basically, I am a sinner saved by grace. That's who I am. I am now a child of God. But you know what? That doesn't mean that tomorrow I could not fall away into false doctrine myself. That is why I try my very best, you know, with the help of the Lord to keep, you know, myself in the word and to ask him for his guidance, to ask him to teach me, to ask him to give me the discernment. You know, there's a prayer that I pray, and that prayer I suggest for everyone to pray. I really do. And that is, Father, please do not let me be deceived, whether it's through self-deception, religious deception, or worldly deception. Please do not let me be deceived because, you know, we can fall into deception quite easily, especially if we are not in prayer, if we are not in fellowship with the Lord, and if we are not in his word, listening to the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher. So the new book I am reading today, it may cause a little uproar because so many people are so quick and apt to point out the faults of the Catholic Church, but when it comes to their own, they, they're not too apt to do it. This book is called Billy Graham and His Friends, A Hidden Agenda. That is question mark. This book was written by Dr. Kathy Burns from Sharing Publishing. And she had this copyrighted, so it was in print first in 2001. That right there is one reason that I really believe that it is okay to read, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Billy Graham was alive while this book was written about him. And if he wanted to refute it, if he wanted to defend himself, if he wanted to uh, explain himself, on the things that she quotes from him. And you can look up these quotes for yourself. He could have, but he did not. So that's very important. Let's begin here. Let's see some of Billy's friends. Billy Graham is one of the best known as well as one of the best beloved individuals in the 20th century. He has in the listing of the most admired men, he has been in the listing of the most admired men for 36 consecutive years, more than any other person. Huck Olson states that he is
refer to him as the world's best-known evangelist, the world's most beloved evangelist, the most honored evangelical alive, nation's pastor, or America's pastor. Knowing that Graham was so well-respected and revered, and hoping to help our community hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, I took the responsibility for trying to bring Graham's films to our school and succeeded. Even though I was still in high school, I felt a burden to reach out to others and tell them about Jesus. At that time, I thought Graham's films would be one of the best methods available, and I was even one of the counselors after the film was aired. Since that time, Graham's popularity has only increased. Little by little, I started hearing about some aspects of Graham's ministry with which I didn't agree, but I just shrugged my shoulders and ignored it. Eventually, those little things started to add up to quite a large number of difficulties. As I started to research some of these issues, I found more and more and even more problems. Problems far worse than I could have possibly imagined. I started noticing Graham's own words in his autobiography and compared that with other sources. I read many biographies of Graham, most of which were authorized by Graham himself and or published by Graham's ministry under worldwide publications. Since I'd been researching the New Age and related movements for the past 19 years, I noticed some names with which I was familiar as I continued to dig and research, unbelievable associations were uncovered, and some things started to fall into place. I started to understand many things I had not comprehended before. Now, sharing this extensive research with you, and hope you will continue to do your own research as well. This first chapter, especially, may a little difficult to read and digest, but I feel it is necessary in order to lay a framework for the succeeding chapters. This was not an easy book to write, but as I think should be evident, it has been extensively researched and documented. Many people will not like what has been uncovered, and I believe the truth should be shared with everyone. Many will want to hold their cherished beliefs no matter how false they are, but I just ask you to read it and then check out the facts for yourself. Remember, it is better to be disturbed by truth than to be deceived by falsehood. Proverbs 27, 6 notes, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. The kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Galatians 4, 16 asks, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Since he is esteemed and revered in the eyes of so many, I think it's very important to look at Billy Graham himself, some of his close friends, as well as some of those he invited to share the platform with him at his crusades. While I'm not sure, while I'm sure that Graham would not be in agreement with the views, political, spiritual, even otherwise, of all those encouraged to sit on his platform, his words of praise for many of them certainly give the impression that he considers these people to be fellow Christians and individuals to be respected and admired. It is one thing not to make a disparaging remark about someone. It is quite another thing to heap praise on a person. It is obvious that someone in Graham's position does not want to be negative about people because he would lose many friends. But does he need to unnecessarily brag up 
people who are flaunting um, other sins, open sins. For instance, for instance, on Larry King Live, Graham said that although he has been friends with Bill Clinton for years, he has not and would not bring up the issues of homosexuality or abortion to him. Graham said that if he did that, he would not be invited back to the White House. As John 12.43 says, they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Silence in a case like this is bad enough, but a few months later, in an interview with the U.S. News and World Report on May 3, 1993, he said about Clinton, I am quite impressed with his charisma and with some of the things he believes. If he chose to preach the gospel instead of the politics, he would make a great evangelist also said from a biblical point of view, we should be headed in the direction of goodness and righteousness away from crime and immorality and towards one's neighbor who are in need. I'm encouraged by the emphasis President Clinton and Hillary are putting on that. Graham says Bill and Hillary are leading us in the direction of goodness and righteousness. Yet Clinton was recently photographed at a Democratic fundraiser with Hugh Hefner, founder of Playboy. The photo then appeared in May 2000 issue of Playboy. This is hardly a righteous influence. Clinton had also appointed over a score of homosexuals to his staff. Graham also said that he forgives and seems to excuse Clinton's sexual misconduct. I forgive him because I know that the frailty of human nature and I know how hard it is and especially a strong, vigorous young man like he is. He has such a tremendous personality think the ladies just go wild over him. It's great to have man's forgiveness. That is not sufficient. Clinton needs to ask for God's forgiveness, for only God can cleanse the heart. In Graham's autobiography, Just As I Am, he mentions that he was with President Clinton on May 1st, 1996. He states, it was a time of warm fellowship with a man who has not always won the approval of his fellow Christians, but who has in his heart a desire to serve God and do his will. Quote, at a luncheon for 500 newspaper editors at their annual convention in Washington, D.C., Graham said that the president's personal life and character are irrelevant. At the luncheon, he promoted Clinton as a man of God. He explained that he and Clinton had been close friends for many years and stated, I believe Bill has gone to his knees many times and asked God to help him. The praises flow both ways, however. At a dinner in Washington with about 650 people in attendance, Clinton praised both Billy and Ruth Graham. When people consider someone like Clinton, who is a sex pervert, pro-homosexual, poor abortionist, etc., to be a Christian, we are in desperate spiritual help, trouble. When someone like Graham does so, we are even a more profound dilemma, since multiplied thousands look up to Graham as a spiritual advisor and a man of God. John Foster's Bullies. Bullies? Let's meet another one of Graham's friends, Don Foster Dulles. It was Dulles who was involved in helping to open doors for the 1954 Graham Crusade in London. 
In a Prophet with Honor, which Billy Graham had asked William Martin to write, we find Secretary of State John Foster Dulles would also be using his considerable prestige to help by writing letters to all of his friends and contacts in England. Perhaps at Dulles' recommendation, American ambassador to Great Britain, Winthrop Aldridge, promised his assistance as well. Aldridge, by the way, was a brother-in-law to John to John D. Rockefeller, Jr. Many people know who John Foster Dulles was. For those who don't, Dulles was a founder of the Council of Foreign Relations, CFR, and a relative through marriage, Janet Pomeroy Avery, to the Rockefeller family. He served as a chairman of the board of the Rockefeller Foundation and the Carnegie Endowment. It was Dulles, Dulles himself who chose communist Alger Hiss to be president of the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. We need to remember that the kind of peace that Carnegie Endowment has in mind is different from the peace that you have in mind. This organization said, We shall have a peace through constant warfare. Not a very peaceful peace, is it? Dulles and Hiss were friends for a long time. Furthermore, Mr. Dulles and Mr. Hiss worked together in the Federal Council of Churches, and both were chairmen of important committees of the council. Quote, in September 1916, President Woodrow Wilson appointed a brain trust of 150 to draw up a charter for world government. The League of Nations Covenant was prepared for a new socialist one world to follow World War I. The group included college professors, graduate students, lawyers, economists, and writers. Individuals on the committee included Walter Lippmann, a columnist, Norman Thomas, head of the American Socialist Party, Ellen Dulles, later head of CIA, Don Foster Dulles, later Secretary of State, and Christian A. Herter, former Secretary of State. Dulles activated advocated global interdependence and was also a founding member of the United Nations and helped to prepare the United Nations Charter, which states, The present charter represents a conscientious and successful effort to create the best world organization which the realities permit. Dulles wrote, I have never seen any proposal made for collective security with teeth in it or for the world government, or for world federation, which could not be carried out either by the United Nations or under the United Nations Charter. Quote, Founders of the UN were 16 communists led by Alger Hiss and 43 members of the Council on Foreign Relations, the CFR. Since the UN was founded to produce peace for all the world, there have been 157 wars up to 1991. The UN has yet to prevent a war, stop a war, or win a war. On key issues, the United Nations has voted against the U.S. about 85% of the time. Unquote. The story of the land where the UN is situated is interesting, too. The U.N. stands on a piece of land called by the Manhattan Indians, Turtle Bay. Their legend was that floods of blood would drench that place, but there would come a time when many tribes will meet here to make peace. It happens 
at for many years the slaughterhouses of manhattan stood there and floods of blood were lost by hundreds of thousands of animals when mr john rockefeller bought the land he got the slaughterhouses destroyed and offered the grounds to the un the meeting place of many tribes one could also add that the UN was born from the blood of 30 million humans who died in World War II. These are the earth vibrations noticeable at the UN. Gullies had been hired by Joseph Stalin to act as Russia's legal counsel in the United Nations, and he was also closely associated with J.P. Morgan. Morgan was instrumental in forcing our country into a World War I. He and his associates funded the Bolsheviks and the Nazis, and he helped organize the Council of Foreign Relations. Occult writers tell us he based his investment strategy on astrology. Quote, Don Foster Dellies and Alan Dellies became senior partners of Sullivan and Cromwell. That firm was chief legal counsel to J. Henry Schroeder Bank, which helped finance Hitler's rise to power. Initially aided by the Warburg-controlled Mendelssohn Bank of Amsterdam, Chase National, Equitable Trust, Mechanics and Metals, Bankers Trust, and Kuhn, Leob and Company financed Germany's launching of World War I on the basis of a deal made with Kaiser Wilhelm through their agents, the Warburgs." Unquote. Six Pillars of Peace. It was John Foster Dulles who, do, who dominated the Federal Council of Churches, the FCCC, which had been founded in part by the communist Harry Ward in 1908. In fact, Don D. Rockefeller Jr. was among those who helped to finance the Federal Council of Churches. For many years, no council or meeting of the council was complete without an address by Dulles or one of the Rockefellers. Since Dulles was involved in both the United Nations and the FCC, later renamed the National Council of Churches, it's no surprise to see the following news item. Chris, quote, Christians should vigorously support efforts to strengthen the United Nations, even at the risk of leaving the United States outvoted. The National Council of Churches decided that night. Unquote. In Dolly's book, War or Peace, he stated, Churches took a strong lead in favor of international organization. The Federal Council of Churches of Christ in America already, in December 1940, had acted to set up a Mission on a just and durable peace, of which I, Dulles, the chairman. Our commission held its first full meeting in September 1941, just after the promulgation of the Atlantic Charter. We immediately launched a campaign to educate United States public opinion to the need for a world organization. One of the Protestant churches of the country set up study groups, or World Order. The Commission conducted national missions on World Order, which took leading ministers and laymen to the principal cities of the United States. It issued a Six Pillars of Peace statement, which set out briefly and cognitively 
cogently the need for world organization and the task it should assume, unquote. Quote again, John Foster Dulles and his many supporters in the church now took their case to the nation, beginning with the convocation of the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York. They fanned out across America, ultimately visiting 102 cities, unquote. The report, quote, called for a world government of delegated powers, strong immediate limitations on national sovereignty, international control of all armies and navies, an international court with adequate jurisdiction, a universal system of money, progressive elimination of all tariff and quota restrictions on world trade, an international bank, and the worldwide freedom of immigration, unquote. It was Dulles who was instrumental in getting the FCC to support the United Nations as well as the UNESCO, United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization Program. Skull and Bones member Archibald McAlish wrote that the, let's see, UNESCO, I'm sure there's a, a way to say that, but I'm not sure. Constitution and several Freemasons helped create the organization. MacLeish belonged to the Council on Foreign Relations. He, along with Elderly Stevenson, worked to establish the United Nations and drafted the preamble to its charter. A fervent international MacLeish strongly advocated one worldism. He was also cited for being involved in at least 12 communist front organizations and or activities. In fact, his FBI file ran to over 600 pages. He argued vigorously for a left-wing press in the United States, if only because it advanced views contrary to those of the majority. Dulles was former President Eisenhower's Secretary of State, and in 1950, he was the Federal Council of Churches. When the Federal Councils of Churches changed its name to the National Council of Churches, Rockefeller donated a large parcel of land for its headquarters. It was Eisenhower who laid the cornerstone for the National Council of Churches, NCC, in Masonic style. Interestingly, President Eisenhower Eisenhower read a prayer at his inauguration in January 1953. When copies of that prayer were checked, it was discovered he had not mentioned the name of Jesus Christ in the entire prayer, just like a masoner. In the Masonic Lodge, the chaplains are repeatedly told not to pray or end their prayers in the name of Jesus. By the way, NCC just happens to be across the street from the Rockefellers, Riverside Church, and the two buildings are connected by an underground tunnel. Also, Rockefellers gave a $50 million endowment to Riverside Church to symbolize the interdenominational spirit and its further reconciliation of religion and science. The typonym arching the main portal contained the figures of non-Christian religious leaders and outstanding heroes of secular history, Confucius and Moses, Hegel and Dante, Mohammed and even the dread Darwin. 
Also, this church building sports stone statues of gargoyles on its cathedral, as well as statues of the Merovingian King Clovis. John D. Rockefeller Jr. is a chairman of the building committee. Another famous building with gargoyles is St. John the Divine Church. One author reveals, quote, Grotesque-looking gargoyles are chiseled from stone and set in place on the cathedral, jeering down and sticking tongues out at the onlookers. Funding for the two-century-long project has been supplied through gifts, including some quite large, like the one for over a million dollars from international financer and philanthropist J.P. Morgan, unquote. Gargoyles are weird stone figures, half-human, half-animal, or half-bird, placed on the edges of cathedrals, palaces, and other buildings. Riverside was previously pastored by Harry Emerson Fostick. This was the same Fostick who was accosted by William Jennings Bywin for heresy, denying the virgin birth. Fostick declared, Quote, of course I do not believe in the virgin birth or in that old-fashioned substitutionary doctrine of the atonement, and I do not know any intelligent Christian minister who does. Brian and the fundamentalists tried to excommunicate Fostick, but who do you suppose came to Fostick's defense? None other than John Foster Dooley's Dooley's. Graham follows NCC with great interest. Fostick belonged to at least seven communist front groups. He claimed that Jesus was as much divine as his own mother. He was also a leader in the National Council of Churches. Additionally, Fostick wrote articles for Margaret Sanger's Birth Control Review. In spite of the apostasy in the leadership of the NCC, Graham visited the, the NCC headquarters on August 27, 1991, and remarked, <clears throat> quote, There's no group of people in the world that I would rather be with right now than, all, than you all, because I think of you, I pray for you, and we follow with great interest the things you do, unquote. Graham's connection to the NCC goes back to at least 1958. Getting back to John Foster's Dulles, not only did Dulles play a large role in the Federal Council of Churches, but he was also involved with the World Council of Churches, WCC. At one of the WCC's meetings, Dulles said, There is no inherent incompatibility between the Christian view of the nature of man and the practice of economic communism or state socialism. Unquote. Quote again, It should be recognized, he suggested, that the long-range social ends which Soviet leaders professed to seek were in many respects similar to the ends which Christian citizens sought a higher productivity of labor, abolition of exploitation of man by man, from each according to his ability to each according to his needs. There are nothing in these long-term ends, he thought, ir irreconcilable with what Christians want. Most of them have been sought by Christians long before there was a communist party, he declared. Unquote. Redistribution of Wealth as early as 1939, Dulles said there must be some dilution of sovereignty and establishment of a common money. On October 28, 
Kelly's proposed that America lead the tradition to a new order of less independent, semi-sovereign states bound together by a league or federal union. As mentioned in 1942, he was the chairman of, of a meeting of the Federal Council of Churches, FCC, which called for a world government, etc. Quote, the report also called for worldwide redistribution of wealth. It held that a new order of economic life is both imminent and imperative. It accepted Marxian, Marxian concepts by denouncing various defects in the profit system as being responsible for breeding war, demagogues, and dictators. Dulles also stated, fundamental fact that nationalist system of wholly independent, wholly sovereign states is complete in the cycle of usefulness. Today, more than ever before, are the defects of the sovereign system magnified until now it is no longer cognizant with either peace or justice. It is imperative that there be a transition to a new order. This has, indeed, become inevitable, for the present system is rapidly encompassing its own destruction. The real problem is not whether there will be a transition, but how transition be made, and to what." Unquote. In one of the statements he authored for the Federal Councils of Churches, Dulles wrote, quote, Communism, as an economic program for social reconstruction, has points of contact with the social message of Christianity as in its avowed concern for the underprivileged and its insistence on racial equality. Neither state, socialism, nor free enterprise provide a perfect economic system. Each can learn from the experience of the other. The free enterprise system has yet to prove it can assure steady production and employment. Unquote. In War or Peace, Dulles wrote, Fundamentally, world peace depends upon world law, and world law depends upon a consensus of world opinion as to what is right and what is just. Unquote. Dulles, along with John D. Rockefeller III, created the population council in November 1952. They warned of the need to stop expansion on the world's non-white population. Dulles was also among several council on foreign relations members who knowingly brought communist Fidel Castro to power in Cuba. Remember, this is the same John Foster Dulles who was instrumental in getting Billy Graham open doors for a crusade in London in 1954, and who designated himself himself a Christian communist. Could Dulles have sincerely been interested in having the gospel preached? It doesn't seem likely. I might add that Dulles also gave him a bit of political advice, perhaps hoping Graham would make would not make statements that ran counter to U.S. foreign policies. And I'm going to stop right there just for a second, and I'll return in a minute. Okay, I am back. I'm sorry, I had to take a little just tiny break there, and now I'm back. Got my coffee, and I'm all set to go. <laughs> all right, Templeton Prize. Billy Graham is so popular that he was selected as the recipient of the Templeton Prize Templeton Prize in 1982. 
In the address that Templeton gave during this ceremony, he said, quote, Every person is created by God, is a child of God, and the Holy Spirit dwells within each human being. Continuing. This afternoon, quote, This afternoon, His Royal Highness, Prince Philip, presented the Templeton Prize for 1982 to the Reverend Dr. Graham, founder of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Evangelism is a duty for every person who worships God in any form. Dr. Graham has originated more new ideas in evangelism than any living person. He has given the church around the world a new hope and has contributed vastly to the wider vision and meaning of evangelism. His cooperation with all denominations to involve the statesmen of the world in evangelism has left an indelible mark on Christian history. Unquote. Templeton also explained the recipient of the award, I'm sorry, quote, the recipient of the award has been selected by distinguished judges from all five major religions worldwide who serve for a three year period. The Buddhist judge is Dalai Lama, Mr. Justice P.N. Bhagawati of the Supreme Court of India is a Hindu. The Honorable Philip N. Klutznik, former Secretary of Commerce of the United Nations, is the President of the World Jewish Congress. Senator Orrin Grant Hatch, United States Senator, is a Mormon from Utah. Her Royal Highness, the Grand Duchess Josephine of Luxembourg, is a Roman Catholic. The Most Reverend Stuart Blanche, Archbishop of York, and Dr. Arthur Robert Peacock, Dean of Clare College, Cambridge, are Angelicans. Other Christian judges are the Right Honorable Lyndon O. Pindlin, Prime Minister of the Bahamas Charles Rickett Fillmore, Chairman of the United Unity School of Christianity, and Senator Mark O. Hatfield, United States Senator from Oregon. Wow. <clears throat> New World Order. Since Hatfield was one of the judges, let's briefly look at him. Hatfield is a 33rd degree Mason. He, along with Ted Kennedy, joined together in 1981 in proposing a nuclear freeze resolution to the Senate. Hatfield insisted that the murderous Ho Chin Min was simply a nationalist. He was one of the signers of the Traitorous Declaration of Interdependence, which states in part, quote, Two centuries ago, our forefathers brought forth a new nation. Now we must join with others to bring forth a new world order. To establish a new world order of compassion, peace, justice, and security, it is essential that mankind free itself from the limitations of national prejudice. Narrow notions of national sovereignty must be permitted, must not be permitted to curtail that obligation. Wow. Unquote. He stated in the August 24, 1980, issue of the Washington Post that, quote, it was possible to be both a political liberal and a conservative evangelical born-again Christian, unquote. Of course, born-again Christians don't vote for funding for the pornographic displays put out by the National Endowment for the Arts, but Hatfield voted in favor of funding the NEA. 
Hadfield has been a prominent member of the Norman Thomas Endowment at the New School for Social Research, which is described as a humanist socialist institution. In fact, one of the co-founders for this organization was John Dewey. One of, one of the professors were W.E.B. Du Bois, a Mason and a Communist, ACLU founder Roger Baldwin, and humanist Corliss Lamont. New Ager and One World Government promoter Norman Cousins had been a sponsor of the Norman Thomas Endowment at the school. Other members of the endowment include Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas, John Kennethy Galbraith, Julian Huxley, Reverend Theodore Hesburgh, and Gunnar Murdahl. Hmm. Zero Population. One author writes, quote, New School for Social Research, which operates as an accredited educational institution, has been sold to the general public as an independent and politically neutral institution. Actually, the new school was cited as established by men who belong to the ranks of near Bolshevik intelligista, some of them being too radical in their views to remain on the faculty of Columbia University. When the above characterization was made by the New York State Legislative Committee, 1920, the new school Fabian socialist nature was not too well defined, but its extremism was recognizable even then. The list of its faculty lecturers and dictator and not dictators huh, and directors from its origin in 1919 to the present day reads like a who's who of the socialist and communist movement. Unquote. Not surprisingly, the Rockefeller Foundation has donated large sums of money to the school for the social research. Mark Hatfield was a member of the Radical Extremist Institute for Policy Studies. He also, quote, a promoter of the New Age, and his endorsement is on the back cover of the New Age book, Earthkeeping. Hatfield has also written enthusiastic endorsements for many New Age-oriented Christian books. Hatfield introduced zero population growth legislation into the United States Senate and supports the New Age group Friends of the Earth, which promotes genocidal global depopulation. Unquote. In April 1984, New Options Newsletter, quote, Hatfield had one of the top four scores in the United States Senate for voting affirmatively on New Age issues, unquote. In 1991, he voted to use taxpayer dollars to fund abortion. In 1992, he voted to allow fetal tissue from aborted babies to be used for medical research. In 1993, he voted for the nominations of lesbian Roberta Achenberg and Joslyn Elders and for the funding of the National Endowment of the Arts, NEA, and their pornographic displays. For more information on the NEA, see Chapter 6. In 1995, he voted in favor of taxpayer funds for homosexuality. This is the person Billy Graham called a devout evangelical and a great Christian leader, and suggested that Nixon make him his running mate. 
Graham said, quote, I believe he would be a devoted, a devoted and loyal vice president. He certainly would appeal to the strong Christian vote, Catholic as well as Protestant, unquote. He told Nixon, quote, he's been an educator and has taken a more liberal stand on most issues than you. And I think the ticket needs that kind of balance, unquote. Another person that Billy Graham had recommended suggested to Nixon in 1960 for a running mate was Walter Judd, a a congressman from Minnesota. He was a Mason and belonged to the World Federalists. Graham felt that if Nixon would have listened to him, he could have possibly won the election instead of losing to John F. Kennedy. Wonderful fellowship with all. Returning to Hatfield, we find that in the Chicago Tribune article announcing Billy Graham's acceptance to the Templeton Prize that, quote, Billy Graham gives credit to Senator Mark Hatfield of the United States for indoctrinating him with the pacifist and disarmament stances which he has recently swung around to and which he is now agitating or in his sermons, and particularly on his recent visit to the KGB-controlled religious conference held in Moscow. So, it was this group of judges, including Hatfield, Mormon, a Buddhist, a Jew, a science of mind promoter, and a Hindu, among others, that selected Billy Graham for the Templeton Prize. Perhaps this is why, when Larry King interviewed Billy Graham on January 21st, 1997, and asked him, quote, What do you think of the other churches, like Mormonism, Catholicism, other faiths within Christian concept, within the Christian concept, unquote? Billy Graham could respond, Oh, I think I have a wonderful fellowship with all of them, unquote. Perhaps, too, this is why, in a Reader's Digest ad, he could urge the readers to buy the Mormon Tabernacle Choir records. Of course, the Mormon bookstore, Desert Book Outlet, carries Billy Graham's autobiography. King, when asked Graham, quote, Well, are you comfortable with Judaism? Unquote. He responded, Very comfortable. In New York, they have had me to the, rabbi- the rabbinical council to talk with them, and Rabbi Tannenbaum, who was a great friend. He gave me more advice and more counsel, and I depended on him constantly, theologically and spiritually, in every way. How could a rabbi who doesn't believe in Jesus as the Son of God give spiritual advice to Graham? I can understand that Tannenbaum may be a friend, but for Graham to depend on an unsaved man for spiritual advice is dangerous. Rabbi Tannenbaum. Who is Rabbi Mark H. Tannenbaum? He was with the American Jewish uh, Congress. He is also a sponsor of the New Age occultic group Lucis Trust, as well as being on the board of advisors for the National Peace Institution Institute Foundation. Surprisingly, he is also on the board of advisors for the People for the American Way, PAW. Paul was founded by Norman Lear through a $40,000 grant from Hugh Hefner's Playboy Foundation and has been supported by several grants since then from Playboy Foundation. The March 1983 issue of Playboy carried a full-page ad from Paul. 
Needless to say, Pa is a liberal, humanistic, anti-Christian, pro-occult, pro-gay, pro-evolution, pro-abortion group whose aim are to defeat the Christian right. They have fought for the National Endowment of the Arts, right, to fund blasphemous pornographic and homosexual art with taxpayer dollars. They were one of the groups that endorsed in the 1993 Homosexual March in Washington. They also endorsed an occultic curriculum called Impressions. Quote, number of lessons in an impression requires the children in participation in the religious activities of Wicca or modern witchcraft. These include activities generally identified with the New Age moment or the occult, such as sitting in circles and chanting, creating and casting spells and charms to accomplish some purpose, astral projection, role-playing as witches and other occultic characters and similar activities." Unquote. Below are two of the selections, are just two of the selections from this curriculum. Quote, have the children sit in a circle, pass around an imaginary candle, close their eyes and blow out the candle. Tell the children that by blowing out the candle, they have been transported to a different land. Tell the children that they've forgotten, that you've forgotten the special chant that will transport everyone back to the classroom. Have the children prepare a magical chant that might return them back to the classroom. Have each child hold an imaginary candle in front of him. Have them close their eyes and blow out the candles. When the children open their eyes, they will have returned to the classroom. The magic will have worked. <laughs> have the children practice being the witches from a third grade story. They can role play the hero meeting the witch for the first time, where the witch tells the hero, you deserve to die for seeing the witch ceremony. I will spare your life on one condition. Bring me the hearts of your mother and sister and you shall live. If you do not come, I shall see to it that your wife skins you alive. In addition to the witch unquote, in addition to the witchcraft, these are stories about monsters eating children and pigs eating excrement, which are contained within the readers. Poems about children who show apparent disregard for family life are shown in exphobia phobia. Xenophobia, hmm. I think xenophobia phobia. The main character hates everything, including her father, mother, sister, and baby brother. This is the type material promoted by the groups that Tannenbaum belongs to, and Tannenbaum is one person to whom Billy Graham goes for spiritual help. Amazing, isn't it? Graham calls Tannenbaum the best friend I had in the Jewish world. He added that he did more to bring about understanding and friendship between Christians and Jews than any other clergyman I ever knew. In an interview on Good Morning America, Graham told host Charles Gibson, that Muslims and Jews can be saved by finding God in their own worship systems. As far back as 1983, Graham had the Jewish rabbi Edgar Magin lead in prayer at his Los Angeles, California crusade. Robert Schuler and Paul Crouch also sat in the front row of prominent platform personalities. At the 1990 Long Island, New York crusade, a rabbi was sitting on his platform. 
A number of years after this crusade, Robert Schuller asked Graham, what do you think is the future of Christianity? Graham's response was, quote, well, Christianity, and being a true believer, you know, I think there's the body of Christ. This comes from all the Christian groups around the world. Outside the Christian groups, I think everybody who knows Christ, whether they are conscious of it or not, are members of the body of Christ. He went on to say, whether they come from the Muslim world or the Buddhist world or the Christian world, they are members of the body of Christ because they've been called by God. They may not even know the name of Jesus, but they know in their hearts that they need something that they don't have. And I think they turn to the only light they have, and I think they are saved, and that they are going to be in heaven with us. Schuler queried, What? What I hear you saying is that it's possible for Jesus Christ to come into human hearts and soul and life, even if they've been born in darkness and never had an exposure to the Bible. Is that a correct interpretation of what you're saying? Unquote. Graham replied, yes, it is, because I believe that. On January 2nd, 2000, program on Fox News, Graham said, quote, I have never targeted Muslims. I have never targeted Jews. Unquote. A few years ago, Graham attended a prayer breakfast in which Clinton participated. Quote, Senator Kerry read John chapter 3, 1 through 21, skipping verse 16, and said Christ was speaking of a spiritual renewal and that in the spirit of Christ, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslims, Jew, Christian were meeting and there is renewal with a new president and vice president. Billy Graham added, I do not know a time when we had a more spiritual time than we've had today. Unquote. In McCall's Magazine, January 1978, in an article entitled, I Can't Play God Anymore, we find, quote, Graham once believed that Jews, too, were lost if they did not convert to Christianity. Today, Graham is willing to leave that up to God. Billy is particularly opposed to evangelical groups such as Jews for Jesus, who have made Jews the special target of their proselytizing efforts. If a person wants to convert to Christianity, it is his own free will decision, Billy Graham declares. I would never go after someone just because he is a Jew, which is why I would never I have never supported the Jewish missions. Unquote. Graham has also bragged, the ecumenical movement has broadened my viewpoint, and I recognize now that God has his people in all churches. Of understanding. In Graham's acceptance speech for the Templeton Award, he said, I feel highly honored to be here today and to have received the Templeton Award. I feel today that I am in illustrious company with those who have been past recipients. One of the past recipients of the Templeton Award was Sarvpali Radhakaraskana, I don't know who he is. He was one of the founding friends, along with the Dalai Lama, a Buddhist, and others of the ungodly Temple of Understanding in 1960. And he also belonged to the World Brotherhood. <clears throat> the Temple of Understanding, C.O., the Cathedral of St. John the Divine, were at one time a naked female Christ called Christa was hung on the cross. Braggs, quote, 
The purpose of the Temple of Understanding is the worldwide promotion of interfaith dialogue and education to achieve understanding and harmony among the people of the world's religions and beyond. Temple of Understanding maintains a strong commitment to the integrity of each religion or faith tradition and believes that each, each can better remain true to itself by honoring the truths inherent in all traditions. Unquote. The pamphlet adds, quote, The Temple of Understanding is a non-governmental organization affiliated with the United Nations. We have been asked to, to sponsor an interfaith service for heads of state and religious leaders at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine on the opening day of the 50th anniversary celebration of the United Nations. The Fall 1998 Temple of Understanding newsletter explains interfaith like this, quote, Interfaith is, must, is most fundamentally respect. At the bottom line, it is respecting different traditions, different religions, different faiths. It is coming to understanding, knowledge, and appreciation of them. And then most important, it's coming to a love of them. You can be Jewish and you can really fall in love with Buddhism. You can be a Buddhist and you can really fall in love with Christianity. You can be a Mohawk Indian and you can really fall in love with Islam. So, Maybe a slogan we can have is not conversion, communion, communion with compassion, unquote. Quote, Temple of Understanding periodically organizes events such as the Buddhist experience, featuring Dr. Bernard Gustigan Glassman and Dr. Robert A.F. Thurman and Religious Harmony in a Pluralistic World by Dr. Karen Singh as well as presentations and discussions by either by such other distinguished presenters as Dr. Suhil Bushari, Prebendary Marcus Braybrook, Dr. Hans Kung, and Thick Hot Han. Unquote. Another person in this illustrious company who had received the Templeton Award prior to Billy Graham was Ralph Wendell Burho in 1980, a Unitarian, who is founder and editor of Zygon. He sees the theory of evolution, once considered the enemy of religion, as actually demonstrating the inevitable necessity of religion. Indeed, Burho states that religion is basic to the evolutionary emergence of civilized society. In fact, in an article that Burho wrote, which appeared in Religious Humanism, we find, quote, For life in a global village in an age of science, we must revitalize and modernize the efforts of individuals like Joseph Priestley to interpret religion credibility credibly in the light of the sciences. There has been a very significant production in recent years by such Unitarian Universalists as Sophia Foz, Jack Kent, John Russick Clark, Donald Sappho Harrington, and many others. Unitarians historically have played a significant role in moving toward new, more rational, and scientific levels of religious thinking for the future. 
but we still have a long way to go, unquote. Yet another recipient of this Templeton Prize was Cardinal Joseph Suens, who received it in 1976. He was intensely involved with the charismatic movement, as well as being chosen by Pope John XXIII to be one of the chief architects of the Vatican II meetings in the mid-1960s, and served on all four of its major committees. Suen stated, quote, Since I have had this charismatic experience, my allegiance to the Holy Father as the Vicar of Christ in the world has been heightened and strengthened. My appreciation for Mary as the co-redemptress and mediatress of my salvation has been assured. My appreciation of the Mass as the sacrifice of Christ has now been heightened." Unquote. Even though Suens was a Catholic, he was also a Mason, being initiated on June 4, 1967. Suens also hosted and gave the opening speech at the Second World Conference on Religion and Peace at Louvain, Belgium, in 1974, which, according to one researcher, has nothing to do with true religion or peace, but is a communist front. This meeting, quote, received Pope Paul the sixth blessing. Delegations were particularly impressed with the important role that religious unity will play in establishing the coming world government. A continual call was sounded for a new world order. Under Catholic leadership, the Lovan Declaration stated, Buddhists, Christians, Confucianists, Hindus, Jains, Jews, Muslims, Shintasists, Sikhs, Zoroastrians, Zoroastrians, and still others, we have sought here to listen to the spirit within our varied and venerable religious traditions. We appeal to the religious communities of the world to inoculate, no, inculcate the attitude of the planetary citizenship. Unquote. One other Templeton recipient would be included in Graham's illustrious company, would be in the 1979 winner, Nikyo Nuwan, a Buddhist, in a book which the Templeton Prize we find, quote, Nikyo Nuwano, Nueno, is founder and president of the lay Buddhist organization. Rishho Koso Ka which is the largest Buddhist organization in the world with a membership of over 4 million. Mr. Nuano is a founding president of the World Council Conference on Religion and Peace and takes a leading role in the interfaith dialogue. He founded the Nuano Peace Foundation to promote peace through religion. Risho Kaso Ka Quote, came into being in 1938. Nuano, Nikyo, and hmm, Nagama Moko succeeded from Rikai. I cannot pronounce all these crazy names. I'm so sorry, you guys. Mrs. Naganuma had a reputation for her psychic power and her healing gifts. These gained great publicity for her, and she was regarded as a living Buddha.
Since her death in 1957, the shamanistic elements have not been so prominent and emphasis has been rather placed upon the Hosa counseling groups and upon the attempt to present Buddhism in modern dress as a creed that brings about peace and goodwill. Hence, in her popular commentary on the Lotus Sutra, Niwano speaks of people looking to the attainment of Buddhahood, when the black cloud of error will be done away. Men and women's daily life is to manifest an acceptance of Buddha's command, for only so can a person show the true repentance that will enable the karma to be broken. The life of faith will mean union with the Buddha, which is union with the great life of the universe and an entrance into the Buddha world. Unquote. Nirvana is also associated with the Global Forum of Spiritual and Parliamentary Leaders on Human Survival, a major New Age occultic globalist organization, and Thanksgiving Square. John Marks Templeton To further understand the Templeton Award, which Billy Graham has received, we need to look at its founder, John Marks Templeton. Templeton went to Yale University, earned a Pi Beta Kappa Key, and is a Rhodes Scholar. The John Templeton Foundation hosted four key sessions at the State of the World Forum in 2000. The theme was shaping globalization, conveying the community of stakeboarders. Some of the participants were Mikhail Gorbachev, Queen Noor of Jordan, George Soros, Dr. Jane Cadall, Colin Powell, Ralph Nader, and South African President Thabo Biki. Says Templeton, quote, no one should say that God can be reached by only one path, unquote. Jesus, however, proclaimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. John chapter 14, verse 6. Templeton is also a leading advocate of the heresies of the mind science cults, like religious science, science of mind, unity, Christian science, etc. In fact, Templeton's book, Discovering the Laws of Life, is pure science of mind. This book is published by Continuum in the January-February 1997 issue of Templeton's magazine, Progress in Theology. We find, quote, On December 10, 1996, Sir John Templeton, John M. Templeton, Jr., M.D., and the trustees of the John Templeton Foundation announced the inauguration of the Templeton Foundation Press, which will publish books in the areas of religion and science, moral education, and the scientific verification of basic spiritual principles. Joanna Hill, formerly marketing manager at the Swedenborg Foundation has named Director of Publications, unquote. Quote again, Templeton Foundation Press is dedicated to the same principles as the Templeton Foundation and the Templeton Prize for Progress in Religion, said Sir John Templeton on the launch of the publication venture held in New York City, unquote. By the way, the Swedenberg Foundation is an occultic organization. 
Sadly, Christianity Today, a magazine founded by Billy Graham and his father-in-law, Nelson Bell, devoted the entire back cover of its April 25, 1994 issue to an ad promoting this heretical work, which was endorsed by Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote the foreword and said that Templeton was the greatest layman of the Christian church in our time, and who was also a former judge for the Templeton Prize. Robert Schuller, J. Peter Grace, another former judge for the Templeton Prize, who was also the former head of the Knights of Malta and New Wager, Theodore M. Hinsberg, who is the Adversary Counsel for Planetary Citizens, the Advisory Counsel for the Global Education Associates, and an advisor and board member of the World Federalist Association. Another ad appeared in January 8, 1996, issue of Christianity Today who endorsed book on Buddhism and Hinduism? There was one person who endorsed this book, which quoted and promoted the teachings of Christianity, Buddhism, and Hinduism. Who is this endorser? It was none other than Billy Graham. Of this book, he said, quote, Truly a legend in our time, John Templeton understands that the real measure of a person's success in life is not financial accomplishment, but moral integrity and inner character. In this book, he draws upon a variety of sources, including the Bible, to reveal the moral and spiritual principles which have shaped his own life and work." Unquote. Since Graham endorsed this book, let's take a peek inside the cover to see what Templeton says. He writes, quote, the basic principles for leading a subline life may be derived from any religious tradition, Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, and others, as well as Christian. Astronauts traveled into outer space and did not bring back any evidence of heaven. And whereas drills had penetrated the earth, they found oil, not hell. So spiritual theorists conceive of heaven and hell right here on earth as states of mind." Unquote. Quote, we have the power to create whatever we need in our life and the power, the power of the mind. Through our choices and attitudes, we create our own heaven and hell right here on earth. Unquote. Quote, our innate goodness is an essential fact of our existence. Unquote. Quote, be honest, true, love all parts of yourself. The Godhood within you, the goodness within you, is in a state of becoming perfect. Unquote. Does Billy Graham believe these things? I don't know. But if he doesn't, why did he endorse the book and why did the magazine, founded by Graham, Christianity Today, allow the ad to appear at a very prominent place, the back cover? Not just one time, but at least two times. Of course, Templeton and Graham seem to agree on one issue. Robert Schuller's 1986 Possibilities magazine had Templeton's photo on the cover. Quote, the article quoted Templeton that nothing exists without except God. That's pantheism. And that the Christ dwe spirit dwells in every human being, whether the person knows it or not. That's universalism. Unquote. Remember what Graham told Schuler during his interview? He said, outside the Christian groups, I think everybody who knows Christ, whether they are conscious of it or not, they're members of the body of Christ. He went on to say, whether they come from the Muslim world or the Buddhist world or the Christian world, they are members of the body of Christ because they've been called by God. Hmm. Did you get what Graham said? 
Templeton is also involved with the Center for World Thanksgiving, according to Thanksgiving Square's own literature. We find, quote, The Center for World Thanksgiving celebrates the oneness of all people in expressing gratitude to God and exploring the healing and uniting power of gratitude. The spirit of thanksgiving inclines one Godward. It cuts across the differences of culture, creed, sect, ranked, and wealth with the promise of the healing touch of reconciliation in human relationship to bring people together in gratitude at special times and occasions. The center has elected fellows of World Thanksgiving for many, from many religions and countries who pioneer new frontiers of Thanksgiving. The Center for World Thanksgiving sponsors kind, kind of convocations of World Thanksgiving every few years. It is the intent of these convocations to ask great religious minds of this age to speak words of thanksgiving to the whole human family. The first convocation in 1981 heard these words from Franz Cardinal Cohen, Archbishop of Vienna, a man respected in world religions, East and West. At the second convocation in 1984, His Holiness Tenzinzi Gatso, the, I don't know this numeral number, I really don't, I think it's 24, X1V, Dalai Lama, shared these words from the wisdom and depth of the Tibetan, Tibetan Buddhist tradition. Third convocation in 1989 offered knowledge and insight from two great leaders, Most Reverend Robert Yunsi, Archbishop of Canterbury, and Sir John Templeton, founder of the Templeton Prize for Progress in Religion. Quote. In August 2000, an ad appeared in the Christian Science Monitor for a book entitled Worldwide Worship, Prayers, Song, and Poetry. It states, The collection begins with prayers drawn from such sources as Celtic, Native American, Christian, Jewish, Muslim tradition, among others. From this rich mixture of prayer, song, and poetry comes a confirmation of the life-affirming universality of the human spirit. Universal sphere of worship is evident when these works are read in relation to one another, bridges the gaps between religion, cultures, and people. It was published by the Templeton Foundation Press and edited by John Marks Templeton. Now, I'm going to stop that there only because this is a very long chapter, there's a lot of information in it. So if you need to, I do suggest with all of my heart, number one, getting the book for yourself. I found, I know the Lord led me because I had no idea. This book is extremely expensive, just to let you know, off of Amazon. And I don't believe it's because of the author. I really don't. What I have found these days, as I'm looking for certain books and stuff, I mean, I'll run into books as like $1,000, $2,000 on Amazon. And obviously... Those books, they don't want anyone to read them. Instead of taking them off and saying they're out or whatever, they put such a high price ticket on it. It's ridiculous. So anyway, I looked up this book on Amazon, and it was quite quite expensive for, my, for me. And so 
I just typed in the name of the book and I hit PDF file, right? And I'm going to put this link down below. You can yourself follow along or read it for yourself and begin to do the research that you need to do. You need to do it. You need to understand it. Because, you know, when I was growing up, I remember Billy Graham. I, I, I do. I mean, I'm 53 years old. I remember my grandmother, he would come on TV. It wasn't very often, but when he did, you know, she watched him. And boy, I hated it. I'll be honest with you. I really, truly did. But I was a rebellious teenager, remember? And you got to think, I was, what, 14, 13, 14 years old? Last thing I wanted to do was listen to some preacher, you know. So that's why I was rebellious to it. But um, I remember him coming on TV. And my grandma, she was blind, and that's why I lived with her. Uh, she would sit and she would just listen to me. She loved it. She absolutely did. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on it because my opinion means nothing. Take this to the Lord in prayer. Please do. Please do. Also, oh, to the link that I'm going to put in the description box below so that you can follow along and do your own research. We've got material available at our fingertips. There's books out there. Billy Graham himself said these words, brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived. Please don't be deceived. There is only one way, one way alone, and that way is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus did. The truth and the light. No man can go to the Father but through him. He said, I am the door. Jesus is the only way. And you must know him. You must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You have to. He's not in there in Buddhists and in Hindus and in Muslims and in Jews if they don't believe in him and call upon his name. No, no, guys, it's wrong wrong you must hear and how are they going to hear unless a preacher sin go forth preach the gospel witness share the gospel pray if you're incapable of going out like myself i don't have a car i don't um i'm usually at home all the time but this is my ministry and this is how i can reach out obviously if you're listening to my words you have the capability of reaching out the same as i do through technology what Satan has meant for evil, God has turned for good. And right now we have the ability to use these things for the glory of God, but we have got to do it. We have got to reach people and speak the truth, expose the evil. I love you all so very, very much. This is a little bit longer than I had hoped. So this is basically going to be part one of chapter one. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. Your nose in the book, which is the word of God. Embed the word of God upon the tablets of your hearts, so you will not sin against God. Be blessed, brothers and sisters. Be blessed.